I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and welcome to From the Hawk's Nest. And today my guest is Jane Blazeloose, who earned her bachelor's degree in English and her master's in education from QU. Jane is currently the director of education for Depew Synthes, the orthopedics company of Johnson & Johnson. She and her husband, Chris, have been married for 17 years. They were married in the QU chapel by Father Ken Capablo. And in this episode, Jane will share with us her road to QU and her role at Depew and why she lives by the motto, people matter, live with intent. Jane, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me. So let's start back um, at the beginning. How did you get to QU? What what brought you here? <laughs> um, interesting. I, I feel I was kind of destined to come here um, because uh, people on the listening may know my father, who was uh, Robert Blazel, and he was a professor at Quincy University for 29 years. He taught sociology, social work, and criminal justice. Um, he uh, literally had me on campus within weeks of being born. I grew up running around the halls of St. Francis Hall, um, grew up you know, walking through all the uh, creaky old wood floors and uh, helping him grade papers as I got older, helping him do all the old you know, Xerox copies. So, so I think I was destined. Um, but as I got older, it really became a, a choice of mine that, you know, Quincy was college at the time, was very familiar. And I loved the campus and had loved the people I had interacted with. Um, so I had applied there and one other school and when uh, Quincy College accepted me, I knew I had to go to QC at the time, um, which became QU while I was there. And, uh, but I had one condition. I had to live on campus. I was not going to be just a townie, um, <laughs> as everybody <laughs> referred to them. Yeah. I, I was going to live in the dorms with everybody else and really live that college experience. Well, growing up on campus and then coming here as a student, I'm sure that you had a lot of memories. Uh, can you share with us a few of your favorites? Yeah, you know, I I think a lot about college and, and, and what I miss, and I miss a lot the people. And I'll be honest, I haven't been the best at staying in touch with people. I've moved a lot for my career. And some of my favorite times were literally just hanging out in the dorm with friends of mine, um, you know, Lauren O'Flynn and Maria Margaglione and John Mazzera, Aaron Hannigan, were some of the people that I hung out with a lot, and they made me just laugh and have a, a, a great time. I mean, we, we, we did a lot of silly things together, um, and they have done a wonderful job of staying in touch, and frankly, I, I have not as much. Um, so, you know, you reaching out, I need to do a better job and reach out to them and see how all of, all of them are doing because my best memories were with, with them in the dorms, whether we were making Rice Krispie treats in our microwave and eating them straight out of the bowl together <laughs> while they were still hot. <laughs> um, you know, back then, Matt, you may remember nobody had cell phones or iPads or what? laptops. So we actually sat and talked. Foreign <laughs> um, concept. <laughs> Yeah, it is a very foreign concept these days. Uh, we sometimes would sneak a little hot chocolate uh, lace with peppermint schnapps into our football games, so that was fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't tell the students to do that today. Okay. Uh, lots of great memories, and it's really surrounding the people mostly. So what is it that you love most about Quincy University? 
you know, it's similar to what I just said, but it's, it's the people and um, the people. <laughs> and I'll say it again, the people. Uh, when I say that, it's the faculty, the staff, the admin, you know, everybody that surrounds that campus. QU is just a place where people really cared about one another. Um, you know, I remember Dr. Homan, who made me believe in myself in a way I didn't know was possible because he cared so much about what I brought into the classroom and challenged me. Um, I love that. I still love that. A big school would not have worked for me. <laughs> um, I would have gotten lost and probably in a lot of trouble and probably not have been as successful as I am today because of it, frankly. So at QU, you, you didn't necessarily know everybody, but everyone that you passed was familiar and was friendly. And I loved that about the university. And so I'm sure, obviously, you had a connection with the Friars. Uh, Father Ken uh, did your wedding. Um, so tell us, you know, about that connection. Yeah, so I, um, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. I, I had a, a period of time where I was challenging that. I think a lot of people, a lot of people do that. I didn't go to the school because I was Catholic. I went to the school because I liked the school. But I found a lot more about myself when I was on campus, and I got involved in campus ministry. We did clown ministry where we went, um, you know, we went over to the hospital and, you know, met with people who were sick and tried to bring them joy. And, it, you know, it was just a lot of fun to engage in that way. The friars were just a big part of that environment and helping you kind of see yourself in a different manner and um, engage in the community, not just be a college student and be thinking about, you know, everything you think about in college, your grades and being successful and how do you get through this and where's the next party. They were, um, you know, really helping you come into who you were as an individual. Uh, Father Ken Capablo especially um, helped me and challenged me as well um, to what I brought into QU um, at the time. And so I just appreciated the fact that we had that extra kind of ministry, so to speak, um, whether it was formal or not, but that engagement of bringing you into a true adult, frankly. Well, let's take a brief break right here. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Jane about her 20-year career in pharmaceuticals and medical devices and the motto that she strives to live by. Stay with us. You're listening to From the Hawk's Nest. Ashley Van Camp dreamed of working as a high school counselor, but needed a master's degree to get that position. The graduate program at Quincy University provided a way for Ashley to complete her master's degree while working full-time and land her dream job. To continue on your road to success, visit quincy.edu today. And welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. Today we're talking to Jane Blazel-Luce, Luce, is a QU graduate from 1996. 
And Jane has had a, a wonderful career right now. She is the director of education for Depew Synthes. And you got a promotion in March of 2020, right as the pandemic reached the U.S. So how has that impacted that position? That's a great question. Yeah, um, I officially started my job March 23rd of 2020. And uh, our company actually sent us home March 11th of 2020 to work from home to protect our supply chain, et cetera. So I wasn't even in the job, but what I realized is I had to start doing um, my current job and, and the job I'm doing now, the future job, all at the same time. Because if you remember during the beginning of the pandemic, uh, things happened that had never happened before, like elective surgeries, um, which we support hip and knee and, and shoulder surgeries were all being canceled. Um, so we we had surgeons who were now unemployed for the first time in their lives and were going to be unemployed for who knew how long. We had reps who were supposed to cover cases with those surgeons, and now there were no cases to cover. And this had the potential to risk their own livelihood. So as the director of education, we have this entire workforce as well as our surgeon population that we serve out of work. And so I realized we needed to act fast um, to really be able to provide support to those thousands of surgeons, their staff, the reps, everybody who was out of work and, and frankly take advantage of an opportunity, which may sound bad, but it was opportunistic to say, wow, I can upskill our sales force during this downtime. Mm-hmm. And I can provide education to the surgeons who were bored, to use some of their words. <laughs> um, and we needed to do it fast and beat the competition to market. So that's kind of the opportunity, right, Matt? Like, you got to get in there before everybody else does. So in less than two weeks, we had to lift to an entire virtual education program to train both the surgeons and the reps. It's no different than what a lot of people in the world experience going from, you know, college courses to online. Um, So just like every university, middle school, parents who were helping homeschool, we had to figure out how to do that for surgeons and Salesforce. What's very different though about what we do is we train on implants, on instruments, and on techniques. So what we do is extremely hands-on. That, How am I going to do that? That had to be difficult. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> How do you do that on Zoom, right? Yeah. I I had um, I actually had never used Zoom at that point in time. Didn't even know what it was, if I'm going to be honest. So, <laughs> but I, I quickly reached out to contacts and said, I've got to be able to get people to see what we're doing in demonstrations. And so I think I need a whole like media studio. Um, and so what cameras, what, what can I do? How can I pull this together? So in two weeks, we literally bought and shipped cameras to all of my trainers' houses, instruments, massive tables that they could set up on, lighting. Um, and we turned their garages into <laughs> mini media studios. Um, and, and so they had this whole multiple cameras hanging overhead and 
on them as a presenter and on the table. And so as they would demo, we even taught them, people who had no tech experience, how to use a remote and switch between angles because there were no cameramen. Nobody else was with them. So we had to be able to zoom and switch cameras. And so we, we got tech savvy pretty quick. Um, and what was the funniest about it when I look back on it now is we were training surgeons and reps from our garages. And in one of the garages, the gentleman has a kegerator in the background the entire time. He's training. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have, right? That's um, but it was, it was, it changed the way we do things and we still do some things differently and can bring, you know, bring education right to people's living rooms now where before we felt we always had to be face to face. Yeah, it's amazing what we've all learned through this process, for sure. It is, absolutely. Well, you talk about how intentionally making the decision to move backwards or laterally in your career has made you a better leader. Can you talk to us more about your experience in that regard? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think especially when you first get out of college, or at least for me, it's like, you live the whatever the American dream what's next right I'm gonna I have to take this step or this step or everybody the world expects this of me and I have to hit these milestones to succeed and, and I started on that path and I I went up very fast in J&J &J. um and I'd say to a detriment to an, to an extent because what I was missing was my my family side of it um, you know, my husband was not as happy after one of our moves and, um, you know, I was too busy with work and traveling too much and thinking of that next move. And after I lost my dad to brain cancer, it was kind of a wake up call of what do I really want in life? And, you know, my husband had shared his unhappiness, wanted to get back more to the Midwest. So I started seeking out, uh, different opportunities and what would make me happy. And I realized that the title and the money was never going to do it. And so I intentionally sought out a med device company within J&J &J because I wanted to still expand my skill sets. Like I wanted to be, do something different than I was doing on the pharma side of the business, but, and, and, and be challenged, but not to give up on the career dreams, but to also travel a little less and be home more and be more engaged. So I, I picked out a company and I reached out and I remember when I interviewed, they said, you realize this is two steps back. And I'm like, yes, but it's a whole nother side of the business, a whole nother opportunity. I will learn more. So I, I got the job. I took the job and through that, as I worked myself back up to, you know, where I am today, I, did things as a leader the first time that were not good <laughs> and and your teams didn't always love you for them right right the second learned from that and i was just able to be better for my team and now i feel like i work for them versus they work for me and it just gave me a very different perspective by taking the time to go what what am i doing all this for and slowing down and, and living for happiness, not for a paycheck or for a title. So during that journey, uh, you've adopted the motto, people matter, live with intent. Tell us about that. <laughs> um, you know, it's, 
I've gotten to that and it's really evolved over time. You know, Matt, have you ever asked yourself, why am I here on this earth? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's that question we have to go through, right? Yep. What's my purpose? Um, After my dad died, I actually struggled a lot with that. I wanted to know what talent did I have? Um, What was I good at? Was I living my best life? Was I leaning into what mattered to me? Um, Or was I living again for others and what the world expected of me? So after a lot of thought, (laughs) I could only come up with really one thing that I thought I was good at and that I appreciated about myself. And that was my smile. I like to smile and I like to make people smile. So my motto started simply actually with a goal that at the end of every day, if I laid down and I could say to myself, I made somebody smile today who maybe was, wouldn't have, who wasn't having the best day that I've lived my purpose. And I'm, I'm, I have a good purpose on this earth and I'm doing my role and what matters. Um, And so I lived that and told people that for years and thought that was it. I, I, I knew my secret of what I needed to do, which sounds so basic. Um, and then when I had advanced in my career a little bit, I attended a leaders leading leaders training. Um, and they asked us to introduce ourselves. And the gentleman said, introduce yourself, but don't answer with your job or your personal life. And I didn't know how to do that. So he didn't want me to say, oh, I'm married to Chris or I'm a director of education because he said, that's not what defines you. And you have to find what defines you. And I, I still, I did not know how to answer. Every time I started to answer, I would bring up those things. And he's like, no, you can't answer with that. So I really started to dig in after that and thought about what does make, what makes me tick. Um, and it's my family. It, it, I mean, it, it is. It's, Chris and it's my sister and my mom and my brothers and then I thought okay but what is it about you know them and it's having good time and memories and then I looked at work and I'm like what makes me tick well it's guiding and coaching and leading people to success you know my best days are when I watch somebody in my team achieve something that they didn't think they could achieve so you know, I started to formulate what's now the motto, people matter, live with intent. Um, but in the beginning, it was a much longer sentence and a longer thought process. Um, but it changed because I realized that people and the people matter didn't just mean everybody else, but it meant me too. And I wasn't really good at that. I wasn't good at taking care of myself and making myself matter. And you need to be if you're going to be there for others you've got to be able to replenish your own energy so that you can be there for the people who really matter in your life. And um, it goes back to an old quote and I, I'm, I guarantee you, I'm going to butcher this. So forgive me. And I don't even know who said it, <laughs> um, but people forget what you said or did. They'll remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I try to live that in my life, which brings in the intense part. If they matter, then you should truly be present when you're with them. I can easily be distracted. Uh, so I have to be intentional in my interactions and give people the time they deserve. So over time, I, I formulated it down to really simply five words of, you know, people matter, live with intent. And it's a reminder as much to myself that I matter 
and have to take care of me intentionally. And if I do so, then I can be with those who matter most and take care of them intentionally. I really like that. That's, uh, I think that's very, um, something to really think about. And, uh, and I'm hoping our listeners will uh, take something away from that. What advice Thanks. could you give to fellow alums looking back now? What would be some words of wisdom to fellow QU alumni? Oh, I don't know that I have any better wisdom than they probably already have. Um, but, you know, I, I guess, um, you know, QU at times needs you. I would love to see more of our alumni get involved and give back a little of themselves. And, and it can be in many ways. It could be through time, through their own talents, or even through treasure to help other students in the future. Because it would be great to allow other students to create those great memories and friendships and opportunities that have bounded, you know, all of us into our careers. Um, to bring that full circle for somebody else, I would love to see more and more alumni doing that and and supporting the university in that manner. Yeah, that's um, you know definitely something that that we want to see too. Is you know people get more involved and engaged, and um, I, you know I think you just really hit the nail on the head. We need we need all of it. We need time, talent, and treasure, um, and so we can keep the university running the next 160 some years yes agreed well jane thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on the show today thank you for having me it's it's just been nice to catch up and be sure to tune in next time for another episode of from the hawk's nest where we talk to alumni franciscan friars students faculty and staff and learn about their qu journey i'm matt bergman and it's always a great day to be a hawk 